Dom Corey is here to talk movies. Hi, Dom. Hi, Jesse. Excited to hear how the uh, Bank of Dave is as a movie. I interviewed the uh, the guy whose story it's based on. Incredible tale. Dave himself. Yeah. Yeah, interesting story. Uh, apparently, somewhat gussied up for the film version, no doubt. Uh, but this there is there was a... no Dev Leopard concert in the uh, no in the real life. And but this is conforms to a, a genre of British film we're all very familiar with. You know, the the, the little battler against the bad big yeah. bad guys, and that's that's a stereotypical genre. We kind of know what to ex- expect from films like this, but sometimes they just work. And you do find yourself rooting for the little guy, and in this case, I very much did. It's about a guy who tries to set up his own bank in the north of England. He's spent years kind of helping local businesses and lending friends money and stuff, and he wants to formalize it. But the banking institutions don't like the idea of of the first new British bank in 150 years or something. And obviously there's a lot of public enmity towards the bankers and everything they've done, and this film very much taps into that. What I liked most about this film is the lead actor, Rory Kinnear, who's a very familiar face from the James Bond films, and uh, he was in that first episode of Black Mirror. He was the British Prime Minister who had to do the thing with the pig. And he's a familiar (laughs) face, but he doesn't often get to play lead roles. Uh And he's playing a lead role here, and he's evoking his father in a great way. His father was a British character actor named Roy Kinnear, mm-hmm. who died, unfortunately, in a very tragic circumstances in the late 80s uh, while shooting a movie. I know this guy. And Yeah, he's a very familiar face. He was, he was one of the dads in Willy Wonka. He was Veruca Salt's dad. Yeah, he's one of those just sort of uh, jolly British character actors yeah. that you just can't help but love the yep. moment you see. And Rory Kinnear, his son, has had a very respectable career in his own right. He's at his most Roy Kinnear-ish <laughs> in this film. I feel like he's channeling his father yeah. to a certain degree, kind of playing a just a nice, jolly, good English bloke who's just trying to do the right thing and, and, and isn't put down by the, the huge hurdles he faces. Uh, Phoebe Diviner, who uh, came to, to prominence in the first season of Bridgerton, is in this as well, and she's great. And Joel Fry, another British character actor who I love and it's always fun to see. Yeah. Phoebe Diviner, it's nice to see her in a non-period setting. Yeah. Uh, she's still, I still can only think about Sally from Coronation Street when I see her because <laughs> she's Sally's daughter in yeah. real life. And, yeah, this is a nice little movie. It's, uh, it doesn't reinvent anything, but, um, but I had a big stupid grin throughout most of it. Fantastic. Is it on wide release? Yeah. Okay, and cool. And cinemas from yesterday. Uh, it's called Bank of... Dave. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people excited about the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah, this is in the animated sequel, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, follow-up to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which uh, came out in 2018 and kind of blew everyone away with its uh, imaginative visuals and and inclusive storytelling and just kind of blew the doors off what a modern superhero film could be. And subsequently, a lot of films have been chasing that vibe. Mm -hmm. The last live-action Spider-Man film, Spider-Man No Way Home, borrowed a lot of elements from Into the Spider-Verse. So the onus is even greater now to do something more imaginative and more amazing. And it's pretty amazing. So much fun to look at. This is the closest thing to a a comic book as a movie as we've ever seen. There's little panels popping up, notes from the editor on certain Mm. screens. There's chapter headings with actual comic books showing up on screen. You see a lot of familiar Spider-Man art. As someone who grew up obsessing over Spider-Man comics, there was so much visual 
so many visual cues here that I really responded mm. to. There's, there used to be this little thing at the top corner of every comic saying approved by the Comics Code Authority, okay. and that pops up before the movie, which is just, you can tell these guys yeah. are huge Something nerds. For the real fans, eh? Yeah, but it stops about a third of the way through the story. It's a two-hour and 20-minute film that ends on, a, on an insane cliffhanger when nothing has been resolved, and I felt cheated a little bit. Ah. I, I think it's one thing to end your movie on a cliffhanger, but some things need to be resolved mm. within that film. Empire Strikes Back had some things resolved. It wasn't just about that cliffhanger. And this film feels like the first third of a story ah. at best. So I found that kind of disappointing, but I think people are going to lap this up. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Miles Morales, the, the Afro-Cuban uh, Spider-Man character who's came to prominence in the comics about 10 years ago, it's a, it's a awesome to see a person of color as Spider-Man and, and sort of that inclusivity and that representation has had a huge impact, and especially on kids and stuff. And so I celebrate this film from all angles. But come on with the, with the cliffhangers, everybody. <laughs> These are movies. These are not episodes yeah. of a TV show. Yeah. So I uh, points off for that, but uh, visually dazzling, and, and, and the Spidey fans will lap it up. I love Spider-Man. Help me out with the Spider-Verse multiple Spider-Man thing, because having not seen the film, it doesn't appeal to me at all. I like the idea of the one person and, and their journey, and they discover their powers, and they you know take on the bad guys. And It's a concept that's existed in the comics for a while, that there's all these parallel dimensions, and they all have their own Spider-Man, and there's different variations in there. And it's an interesting idea, but I think it's a little overplayed in the movies now, especially with that last Tom Holland one and the Doctor Strange. Every multiverse story is always about Oh, they're all gonna! All the multiverses are gonna collapse, and if we do this, then the whole universe will cease to exist. It's like, what about just like a villain chasing something, like doing right? something? Is that, is that too much to ask at this point? <laughs> Does it always have to be about the fate of reality itself? Mm. But uh, it, it can be a bit bewildering at times. But that's kind of the fun of these movies. There's a punk Spider-Man. There's a, uh, a uh, Black Exploitation Spider Man. There's, there's, there's all, there's so many Spider Men in this. Spider, and women. Spider Woman. Yeah. yeah, lots of Spider Woman. And, uh, but I, I, I don't I know how little agree. kids keep up. Yeah, it's a bit bewildering. I agree with that. Okay. Um, yeah, my, my boys are actually really into Ghost Spider. Is that, is that one I of them? I think the, it might be Gwen Stacy. Oh, uh, you mean, um, Spider Gwen. Is that what it call, is? I think they call her that. She's one of the main I'm characters. I'm sure they're in this talking one. about a ghost spider. Anyway, okay. Um, that's Spider Man across the Spider Verse and Stephen King back in the movies with the Boogeyman. Yes. He's, uh, I can't believe there was a Stephen King story that hadn't been adapted <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah. Now, I was debating this with my friend. In New Zealand, we said Bogeyman, right? Uh, Boogeyman's like an American thing, and we started saying that because of uh, cultural imperialism, right? <laughs> or did we always say Boogeyman? Um, I feel like Boogeyman. Like, remember Fungus the Boogeyman? I'll, I'll turn this one over to listeners on 2101. It's a bit of a Mandela effect thing. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this Depends is, how it's spelled, surely. Yeah, well, two O's for Boogeyman, but it's not the word that was spelt a lot in the, in the, in the no. playground. It was usually like... The bogeyman's going to get you. How do you spell that? No. Um, this is based on a short story, and it's been wildly extrapolated, and it's it's about this thing that lives in your closet that feeds on broken families, 
and the film kind of doesn't can't quite seem to decide if it's a spectral thing or if it's a monster and it kind of tries to have it both ways when it's at its strongest this movie is tapping into those fears you have as a kid when you're sort of like you're protected by your blankets and you're not sure what's under the bed mm. and there's some quite cool moments of sort of looking under the bed and not sure what's in the shadows and if that closet door isn't closed what's going to get you I love all that stuff but apart from that, I found this to be a somewhat generic horror film. Uh. Uh, cool actors in here. Chris Messina, who was one of the breakout actors in Air, I thought. He's, um, he's my favorite Hollywood Chris. And, uh, <laughs> and that's saying something. Yeah. And Sophie Thatcher, who's currently in Yellow Jackets, playing the young version of Juliet Lewis's character. She's um, destined for big things. And, yeah, it's it's it's... Nothing, nothing too groundbreaking happening here. Uh, yeah, I was, I was quite bored, to be honest. <laughs> Just because we've made, we've got so many sort of horror films about some presence in a house and a family dealing with it. Yeah, I, I was expecting a little bit more, but there's a huge audience appetite for horror films on the big screen at the moment and sometimes you don't need a horror film to reinvent the wheel and you can just have a fun night out with your pals and this this film will deliver that okay um bogeyman according to almost all of my listeners yeah, i thought I, I thought it was a bogeyman in new zealand except for this person who grew up in the 1960s and says we called it a boogeyman wow maybe it maybe it's gone full circle um, boogeyman as in boogie board says yeah no there's actually a mix coming through so um, follow up spider woman Gwen Stacy is also known as ghost spider oh right okay ghost That's, spider formerly um, spider woman is a superhero um, I'm mortified I that I did not know that no nah, well you're not seven years old so yeah but I think like one French Film Festival's coming up. Yeah, that started in Auckland yesterday. It's been happening under the way, uh, underway throughout the rest of the country, um, other parts of the country for the last week or so. I think it's happening in Wellington now as well, or maybe starts next week there. So many good French movies to see. I've seen quite a few of them. I love the French. God bless the French. They still make films about the human experience. <laughs> they might be the last ones. There's no, you know, they, they make entertaining popcorn movies, but they will hang a movie on on someone's emotional journey. And I can't remember the last American film that did that. Yeah. And so I love them for that. They're films about grown-ups, um, but they also make really good sort of social thrillers. And and uh, I saw a really amazing one called The Origin of Evil about a woman uh, who seeks out her long-lost father who's part of the super-rich family and the, the rest of the family resent her existence and this twisty kind of thing's happening. There's a really cool-looking one called Masquerade. Um, there's a, a Louis Garrel film called The Innocent, which I, I really want to see. Um, get out and support the French Film Festival because it's only around for a couple of weeks and, and it's just seeing films like that on the big screen, you just get so much more out of them. And uh, yeah, go to frenchfilmfestival.co.nz if you want to check those out. Mm, when I was, many years ago, when I was a little bit too young for it, my dad used to take me to French films in the film festival. Um, some of my happiest memories going to see um, Manon de Sources. Manon, mm, Manon de, de Sources. Yeah. Which is the sequel to Jean de Flore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Three Men in a Cradle. Yes. Which is a real good one. Yep. And then of Remade course, with Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> good stuff. Get along to it. Dom Corrie's our um, film critic. Thanks so much, Don. Thanks, Jesse.